Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, looks like I'm writing solo this week. Uh, Ross wasn't able to make it. He was on call, and uh, Nat's living his best life, so he couldn't make it today. And so I get to be here for you. Just me. Hooray! Uh, God, this will be the second solo podcast I've done this week now. Uh, I've I, I restored an old podcast that I tried to do when Half Gen was on hiatus. Uh, we got God Troll. I am streaming this. So if you hear me talking to people, I'm talking to chat. Chat is my co-host today, and I've got God Troll in chat. Uh, he's going to ask me a bunch of questions and give me stuff to talk about, I'm sure, as I look him in the eyes. Um... Yeah, I restored an old podcast that I worked on, uh, Conversations with Chris, turned that into kind of a monthly thing. Uh, that's something that you can find on Anchor. Uh, it's everywhere, it's most places except for Apple. Apple wouldn't take it for some reason. I don't know. I don't, I don't claim to understand the, the method of the madness of Apple. Um, still on my new mic. Uh, you guys, Half Gen Podcast hasn't heard this new mic. Uh, I got this just after we recorded last week. And so you guys have to let me know how it sounds uh, in terms of the podcast. Uh, my levels look good. Um, it's the Shure uh, MV7. It is a dual output microphone. So what you're hearing is actually the USB version. And what's really cool about it is it's actually doing a lot of dynamic work to my voice. So it's keeping my levels, my lower levels higher. It's keeping my higher levels lower. Um, right now I'm at like a... I'm at like a mid-range, like a, a, a 6 to 18 inches range, and I'm probably about 7 or 8 inches from the mic. I like having the mic further away, but having it more open, it picks up some noises that I don't like. So you guys will have to let me know um, if you notice those. The stream probably won't notice those uh, based on some of the settings that I have, uh, but if they do, they should also let me know. But everything should be good, hopefully. And yeah, uh, it, it, the other nice thing is it outputs to not just USB, but it can also output simultaneously to XLR. So it's still set up to my audio interface so I can still hear myself. Uh, so I get like the, 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 um, oh, the monitoring, I get the monitoring so I can still hear myself. Is this putting out heat? Wow. Felt like something near my audio interface was putting out heat and it wasn't my audio interface. And I was like, is that my PC? Oh my god, it's cool as a cucumber. Wow. Guys, my PC is really chilly. <laughs> my room is actually cold for the first time in a while. Where are we at? We are at 68 degrees in here. Which is, uh, you know, it, it's crazy. A 12 degree swing to 80. And I'm miserable and dying. Uh, the room I record this in. And, you know, you swing it 12 degrees up and I'm dying and I, you know, it's awful. But you put it at 68 and I'm almost like, boy, I should put socks on. <laughs> um, yeah, so video games. Uh, this week has been an interesting week. Uh, let's let's get to the meat and potatoes 
uh, of this week in games. I mentioned last week we didn't do the thing Saturday. I wasn't able to connect with Ross, and honestly, with all this raid prep with Destiny, I haven't had, I haven't spent as much time with it as I would have liked. But I have put a decent amount of time into my PlayStation Five. It finally happened. I have it. It was the one thing I couldn't get the RTX 3080. Today, uh, the, as of this recording, today on Wednesday, uh, the uh, the RX 6800 XT kind of launched, but mostly didn't because no one was selling it. I, I, I don't understand. Uh, but they weren't available anywhere, it seems. And anywhere that they were, they sold out in about a minute. So, good work, AMD. You did the... You did arguably worse than NVIDIA? I don't know how you managed that. Like, they gave you a layup. All you had to do was have GPUs ready, and you didn't? Uh, I don't know. Um, but the one thing I was able to get, and I'm actually quite happy, and after I do this raid, this world-first attempt, uh, in 24-hour clear on Saturday... I am going to put a ton of time into my PS5. It was the one thing I could get. I'm really happy with it so far. Let me tell you about the moment I realized how cool my PS5 was. So, I got Miles Morales. And, you know, anybody who's been listening to us for a while knows, you know, if you listened back in 2018 when Spider-Man came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of Spider-Man 2018, I liked the swinging, and that became kind of a meme, because I think, you know, the Yuri Lowenthal's Peter Parker, as charming as he can be, was a little too talkative, and he's, st I still don't think I like him all that much, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not crazy about Peter Parker in this game, he's not in the game too much, but even in the time he was in the game, he's a little too jokey, a little too slapstick, Miles, though, I'm I'm picking up what Miles Morales is putting down. Okay, I'm I'm digging him. Uh, unfortunately, I saw a big spoiler on YouTube. Uh, the algorithm failed, and I will not share that with you here. We're not talking spoilers, just to be clear. But the algorithm failed. Somebody abused it and managed to spoil the game, uh, or at least a, a big twist in the game. So I'm very upset about that because I saw that and I didn't even do anything wrong. YouTube recommended it, and it was a title of a video, and it, it, I was so angry when I realized what happened. Um, God, uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, it, it makes me so angry. So, booting up Miles Morales for the first time, and it gives you the option, you know, right off the bat to change between performance and fidelity mode. And I had intended from the start to play in performance mode, the 60 FPS, the buttery smooth gameplay, uh, but it lets you kind of switch back and forth, you know, pretty much in real time. You know, when you change between them, it says it has to restart, but it takes like three seconds and it just reloads the scene. And I, I, I have it up and I'm not really looking all that much. I change the performance and I see Miles walk in and I'm like, oh my God. So I start changing it back and forth kind of quick. And he's on the subway, and I look at this little hinge that's holding these two railing, these handrails together, uh, you know, running, like, perpendicular to each other. Um, and I'm like, boy, that hinge sure looks, it's like, looks like it's trying to be ray traced. And I'm like, I wonder. And so I switch to performance mode, and this metallic reflecting hinge turns almost completely like this gunmetal gray. 
just no like it's a it's a it's a glossy surface but it's no longer reflective it completely changed color and i was just like wow and then i started flipping back and forth and i i noticed that you know i i couldn't in the performance mode i couldn't see the reflection of you know there was a lady next to me and she had a slight reflection in the window in performance mode but she had no reflection in the metallic surface next to the window like she did in fidelity mode miles didn't have any reflection period it just didn't exist and i was just like oh my god and so i ended up booting up the game in fidelity mode and i'll tell you what you know you go up to like these big tall skyscrapers with these massive windows and you look and you see a building in the reflection and you turn around and that building is there but when you turn on performance mode it's always the same scene in the reflection and the scene I've never found that spot in the city where that scene matches up. And so against my, against my, like my instincts, I guess I am playing miles Morales in fidelity mode and loving it because ray tracing is dope. Uh, and you know, PS five worth it, right? Like to the point that today I saw cyberpunk on PS four and I saw that I could get it like a, you know, slightly discounted price. And I was like, you know, that's going to get an enhancement for PS five. And I thought about it. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get it on PC. Um, I'm going to regret it if I get it on PS5, but like, I, I thought about it for a second. Cause I was like, you know, it does do ray tracing. Um, but yeah, like it, you know, and, and the performance mode is great, but I don't know what it is. My brain is weird. And there was something about Miles Morales that didn't look right in 60 FPS. Like it looked like the visual fidelity felt similar, but it didn't look right running at 60 FPS. Um, I I don't know how to explain it. My brain has a certain tolerance uh, when it comes to console games. If I'm playing a game on PC, I can feel the game dip below 60. I can feel it when I hit the 50s and I'm like, no, 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 no. Something is wrong. Something doesn't feel right. God forbid on PC, you get me to 30 FPS. I'm losing my goddamn mind. Okay. If you make me play a PC game at 30 FPS, I am losing my mind. But when it comes to a console game, that part of my brain turns off because I've got my controller and I'm in front of my TV and I'm like, you know what? Like, cause I'm not playing twitchy games. You know, I'm not playing call of duty on a console or something like that. Even though a lot of times those games run at 60 FPS on a console, um, I'm not playing those games. I'm playing more cinematic games and things like that. Uh, So that part of my brain turns off and I'm just like, hey, you know what? This game looks really good and I like the reflections. I like being able to see my character actually reflect on surfaces, which games just, you know, don't do. Um, And so I ended up leaving fidelity mode on and I I played several hours and it didn't bother me. 
Um, and I was actually very happy about that. You know, I, I'm glad that I can still, I'm glad cause I grew up on consoles and I'm a, I'm a diehard PC guy now, but I'm, I am glad that that part of my brain, uh, that I grew up with still works and that I can turn off that, that filter for 60 FPS when I pick up a controller and I boot up a console. I'm really grateful that I still have that ability to just appreciate playing on a console. I will scream to the hills, you know, I will scream to the heavens from the tallest point of the highest mountain that these games should be able to do ray tracing and 60 FPS. And there will be a day where we can do that, and this generation ain't it. But there will be a day where we can have ray tracing and 60 FPS in a game like Spider-Man Miles Morales. Maybe the PS5 Pro... Probably not, though, because they want to squeeze out more fidelity in a 30F. At this point, I'm just I have resigned to the fact that consoles. You're going to have the option for 60 FPS and for a lot of people. That's going to be fine. But for a console, I, I don't know, I'm weird for a console. The fidelity does matter because if I'm taking the time to play on my TV, I want to see all these details because I do have a 4K TV with HDR and all that. I don't have HDMI 2.1, but I don't really need it. Um, I'm not going to go out and buy a new TV for that. You know, that's that's just kind of a waste. I have a nice TV. I have a Samsung uh, from like 2017, 2018. No. When did I buy this? No, 2016. Pardon me. Um, I think 2016 I bought this because I bought it just before I got my PS4 Pro, I think. I think, yes, I had this before I got my PS4 Pro because I was getting a PS4 Pro. Um, I played Final Fantasy 15 on that and loved it. And I played Horizon on that and loved it. Um. I feel like consoles for... I, I feel like developers making a game for a console, especially a cinematic game, like a Sony. They're going to... I think Sony has just resided themselves to 30 FPS. I think Sony is just going to make 30 FPS games. They will make an option for performance. And right now they are targeting 60 FPS for that. But I guarantee you by the end of this generation, it's going to be just like God of War where they're like, yeah, you can run it in performance mode and you'll get around 40 or you can just run it in 4k and get, you know, 30 to, you know, high twenties. Um, and you know, I feel like that's more worth it at that point for a little bit of visual clarity. Uh, it's tough to say. I don't know, but I, I I feel like consoles, you know, first party with the exception of like shooters are going to just end up being 30 FPS, you know, that that's just going to be where games are at, at least for Sony, for their style of game. I feel like that's just where they want to be, which is fine. I will be playing Demon Souls in 60 FPS because you're a monster if you don't, um, I have not booted that up yet, but I do want to. That's going to come. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start that after the raid because I can't, I cannot commit time to that right now when I have, you know, a, th- this work to do to get ready for this world first attempt. Um, we'll talk more about destiny later. Uh, I did though, and here's the funny thing. Okay. So I did boot up days gone because days gone, got a PS five update for with 60 FPS support. And 
boy, does that game just thrive at 60 FPS. Like, that is a game that, like, I, I put a ton of time into on my PS4 Pro, and I love, I am one of the few people who's going to sit here and tell you they loved Days Gone. Like, I, I unironically love that game. That game is phenomenal. I think it's one of the best games Sony First Party has put out. Uh, it, it was a risk. It wasn't perfect, but I found the characters endearing. I found the storytelling to be solid. Uh, I, I, I found that there was an emotional connection that I developed to a lot of those characters uh, in a way that I don't for a lot of, you know, other, you know, Sony's other first party stuff, you know, like with the exception, like, God, like, you know, I, I, I like the Nathan Drakes and people like that, but there, there was something about the characters in Days Gone that like just they just felt real. They didn't feel like they were in an action movie. You know, it was it was a guy kind of coping with a you know with with this world and trying to survive in it. Like it felt a little more grounded, even though you know obviously it's just this one dude going across the wasteland taking out like you know hordes of freakers and stuff. I'm not saying the game is realistic in that regard, but there was something about the way the characters were written in Days Gone. That I felt like, yeah, it could have been cheesy B-movie, but at least it was, like, endearing. And at least it was, you know, it, it felt like people talking, you know? People got mad at each other. People got sassy, you know? And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm the, I'm the protagonist. Look at me, you know? <laughs> That's a really awful impression of any protagonist ever. But, um, anyway, Days Gone is in 60 FPS now on PS5. And that felt great. So that part of my brain turned back on. And I was just like, oh my god, how did I ever play this game? 60 FPS is amazing! <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I don't think The Last of Us Part 2 got updated with a frame rate buff. Uh, but I know it got updated with haptics, so I am looking forward to playing that. I have Ghost of Tsushima on my list I need to play. I have, um, The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I also booted up Killzone, Shadowfall, because I, you know, that, that game has an unlocked, uh, frame rate. Uh, you can unlock the frame rate in the settings on that in the campaign. It was normally locked to 30 FPS, uh, you could unlock it, and it was kind of like, you know, the God of War 2018 thing, where it's like, hey, it will run higher if it can, but it'll run at 30 if it can't. And now on PS5, I look, I, you know, I, I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw it, like, on a PS4 Pro, it ran almost locked 60. And now on a PS5, it does run locked 60. And let me tell you what, you know, kind of going back almost a year, because I, I booted it up, funny enough, on the 16th, uh, and the PS4... I believe released on the 15th of November, 2013. So it was pretty much a year, almost a, a year to the day, just about a day late. And I boot up Killzone. And boy, did that game look seven years old. Like I remember when, when the PS4 launched Killzone was my hype game. That was the one I was waiting for. And I remember booting it up and looking at it and just being like, wow, like, Console still got it. Like, I I felt the generational leap from the PS3 to the PS4. And Killzone was kind of that game. I remember showing it and people... I put a screenshot from it on, on my Facebook. And people were like, what is this? What is this? I was like, that's Killzone on the PS4. And they were like, what? No way! And I was like, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, 
and boy, did it not look good anymore. It's it credit where credit is due. Well, pardon me. I'm sorry. Credit where credit is due. Uh, it still plays really well. Um, I, I am the type of person with the exception of like Halo, because I have so much muscle memory. Uh, I have a hard time going to shooters on consoles, uh, just because like I, 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 the joysticks, I just, I just, I've lost it. I can't do it anymore. Um, Killzone felt pretty good to kind of pick up and play. And I was really impressed. Uh, I did not have any issues as far as like kind of getting a feel for the controls again. It just kind of worked and I was really happy about that. So credit to Gorilla, you you did a great job. But even seven years later, that game feels good. Um, you know, in, in terms of controlling the gameplay, the moment to moment gameplay itself. Eh, I I there I got to a point where I was just like, you know what, I I can't play this game anymore. Like it's just too old. It, it was just like it felt of a time. I, I can't really explain it better than that, but it just didn't feel good to play anymore. Even though it controlled well, it didn't feel good to play anymore. And so I kind of just eh, brushed that to the side. Um, did I play anything else on my PS5? No. I think those were the three games I spent the most time with. So an, a launch PS4 game, uh, a recent PS4 game, uh, that was optimized for pro and then um, Miles Morales, which is Miles Morales was the only game I've gone back to so far that I started and played and then went back to. I put more time into Miles Morales and that was a lot of fun. That's a really good game uh, that might be, you know, I, again, without having played Demon Souls yet, that might be the de facto launch game. Um, I am weirdly interested in playing Godfall at some point. I don't know if we will play Godfall. Um, I, I gotta see. I, 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 part of me doesn't want to spend the money on it because I feel like I'm not gonna play it a ton. But part of me feels almost obligated because it's one of the few launch titles, and I'm like, I should probably play Godfall. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, PS5 is pretty dope. I like it. Um, I, I'm very happy I have one. It's sitting right here next to me. I keep looking at it and I keep, I, I was smiling, grinning ear to ear when I unboxed this thing. There's just something about it. And I, I've been a PlayStation guy my whole life. Um, the only time I didn't have a PlayStation first was because I couldn't get a PS3 and I bought a 360 and, you know, I met my friend Ross, you know, co-founder of the site, you know, so it's, I guess that's cool. Um. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard PlayStation guy. This is going to be the first generation that I don't really buy another console unless they make, like, a better Switch. Um, this is probably going to be the first generation that I don't end up having both consoles in terms of Xbox and PlayStation since the 360. Because I had, an, I had, I had two PS4s. I had my launch PS4 and I had a PS4 Pro. I had an Xbox One. I waited the year. I got the Call of Duty edition with the one terabyte hard drive. I sold that to my neighbor. I bought the Halo 5 edition. Hated Halo 5. I sold that. I got a 1S off of eBay. I sold that. And I got a... Or no, I gave that to Ross. And then I got a 1X. I played like three hours on it. I shit you not. I played like three hours on it. And I watched Avengers Infinity War in 4K. 
I'm not buying an Xbox this generation. I say that now, watch me end up with a Series X just because I'm like, oh, cool, tall rectangle. It's like two GameCubes um, because I'm an idiot. But as of right now, I have a PC. I can experience all of Microsoft's games. Um, I don't need an Xbox. I'm not saying that in a sense of I, I'm not trying to say that in an elitist sense of nobody should buy an Xbox. I'm just coming out full disclosure I have no intention to buy an Xbox this generation. I don't need one. If anybody loves those games and wants to play them in the best way possible without getting into PC, you know, go go buy an Xbox. It sounds like it's a fantastic console. Um, I I don't want that to come off as sounding biased, you know, I I because I keep saying I'm a PlayStation guy, but I, I'm buying. I bought the PS5 for the games. You know, I'm I'm still gonna play third party stuff on my PC. Um, for the most part, I'm, I got it for the exclusives because I like the games that Sony makes. Uh, I, I, you know, even though those aren't the games I'm playing on PC, you know, when Sony puts out a game, you know, the sequel to God of War, the sequel to Horizon, I'm going to be there to play them, you know, and it's it's just that's how it's going to be. So, you know, I, I, I don't want that to sound like a bias. You know, it's going to sound like a bias. Somebody's going to take that and be like, he hates Xbox. Sure. Take that as you will. I still got my 360 chilling over here. You know, I still I still haven't boxed up my PS3 or my 360. Uh, and technically, my launch PS4 is still here. But, um, yeah, I just... PS5 is exciting. Uh, PS5 is the console I would suggest. Uh, if you, you know, if you have a PC and you want to supplement it, um, I would suggest a PS5 just because Sony has those big AAA titles uh, that you know, really excite people. Um, I also have the switch, but uh, you know, you ask Ross or Nat, they'll probably tell you switch. Uh, you got you Nintendo, you either love them or hate them. And I love some of Nintendo and I don't hate any of Nintendo, but like, I'm not a Mario guy. Uh, I have learned that as, as good as like a game like breath of the wild was, I'm not a Zelda guy. Just PlayStation is the one console that scratches that itch, especially now that Halo's on PC, you know? And, you know, I guess with that being said, Halo 4 is on PC. Uh, that just launched uh, yesterday as of this recording. And I want to say two things about Halo 4. Halo 4 was visually ahead of its time. Uh, as a 360 game, that game always looked way too good. Um... And in the Master Chief Collection, it looked like a proper next-generation title uh, on the Xbox One. Like, that game looked like it belonged on the Xbox One. On PC, it, I had it running at a locked 120 FPS because I specifically capped it. It could have ran higher, but I had it at a locked 120 FPS. Character models look spectacular. Most of the environments look fine. But you can definitely tell it's 360 Origins, you know? When you're playing it on PC at high frame rate, you can really kind of see... It's it's a weird thing to say, and it's hard to kind of explain. But there's there's some... You know, when you, when you look at these backgrounds that are clearly... You know, these distant, distant images that are clearly stationary... Or running on a loop, almost like a GIF, you know, it's, it's, you, they really stand out, 
when you have this increased texture fidelity and then all of a sudden you've got this painted canvas background almost. It, it really kind of pops in a way that I don't like. Uh, Halo 4 looks great though. It plays well. Uh, I'm not going to complain about any of that. I, I don't like Halo 4 as much as I remember. I remember when Halo 4 came out, I absolutely loved it. And kind of playing it last night, me and three buddies, uh, actually people from the podcast. Uh, we had Will, we had Tony, uh, aka Cypher, uh, and we had TJ. And it was the four of us, and you know we, we made the most of it. We had a good time. But none of us are in love with Halo 4. So far, like, as crazy as it might sound, my heart will always live with the story of Halo 1. And Halo 1, I don't think, will ever not be my favorite Halo because of that. But so far on PC, the most fun I've had playing any of the Halo games has been Halo 3. I think Halo 3 is the perfect medium. It plays well. It's not too slow. It doesn't have like the modern stuff like the sprinting and stuff like that. But the problem is like Halo 4 has sprinting, but it's it's that time gated sprint where it's like, oh, he's a Spartan and he's winded after 10 seconds. Uh, that's not OK when I can run forever in Destiny. Um, God, Halo 4 has so much like Destiny. It's not even funny. Like, we were making jokes. It's like, oh, this was for Destiny. This was for Destiny. And I'm like, man, did 343 take a bunch of assets that Bungie ended up using for Destiny? Like, Bungie probably made a bunch of stuff for Halo and then repurposed it for Destiny. And then 343 was probably like, yeah, let's just make it in Halo 4. Uh, I have no evidence of that. I have no proof. That's just pure speculation on my part. Um, it's really funny, though, because, like, there's things. It's like, oh, it's a server. It's the boss. We're... we're Scourge of the Past Raid. Um, Halo 4 is fine. Halo 3 is probably my favorite on PC. Halo 3 is really good. Halo 2 is also really good. Um, ODST is good. Man, I, I, I'll never like Reach. I just don't like Reach. 343 is really not made a very good Halo game. Like, in the context of the 360, Halo 4 was very good. 343 has yet to make a really good Halo game. Halo 4 is very wordy. It's very, like, I don't like how they turned Cortana into this, like, this object. She she is, like, this sex appeal object now. Like, she's just so done up in a way that, like, you know, she... You look at her in the first three games and she's just kind of, you know, she she's there. You don't think about Cortana as like this target of affection. You know, she she's a good friend. And I feel like in Halo 4, they took that relationship and kind of a weird. It makes sense in context, but they took it in a weird direction where they made Chief kind of, like, desperate to keep her around, and she kind of became, you know, Cortana almost sometimes felt like more of a motherly figure, where she was kind of like Halsey. She had those motherly instincts, and, you know, they, they kind of tried to paint her too much as, like, the girlfriend. And then they kind of just sexed her up, and I don't like it. Like, she, they, they it's really weird. It's really weird, and I hate it. I hate it. I'm just going to come out. I hate it. I hate what they did to her. 
is like she just completely changed her body in a way that just it's it's creepy. It's kind of creepy and it felt like they're kind of preying on that, you know, young to, you know, that that like kind of 13 to maybe like 21 demographic of sweaty gamers who kind of is like yo Cortana's hot now. You know, like I don't like that. I'm I'm not into that. Maybe maybe that's something that comes with age, but I'm not I'm not super into that. I don't like what they did with Cortana at all at 343. Uh don't at me. You can at me. I don't care. At Nightmare CV, go ahead at me. I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dog dare you. Um Halo 4 is a thing and it's fine. Um Destiny Beyond Light, uh, the, the, in, in the words of Nat, long story, not so long. Beyond Light is fine. Uh, there's some really cool story. And when you think the story is done, there's more story. And I really like it. And I feel like they're setting up a much longer story. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm very excited for the direction, uh, that, that the story is going. Uh, in terms of playing it, Europa is a fine destination. It's not my favorite. Um, a lot of it is bland. There are parts of it. Uh, specifically, there's a whole area that's not even on the map. And it's one of the coolest places in the game. And you only go there really for story stuff. You can go there to explore, but it's like off it, it, It's off the charted map and stuff. Europa is a big destination. And so far, my favorite part of it has been this stuff. Pretty much anything that's not on the map is my favorite part of Europa. Uh, the Cosmodrome is back, and the Cosmodrome feels like a Destiny 1 destination. It's got a fresh coat of paint, but it feels oddly barren, and it you know it's probably supposed to, but it feels like a, you know, a, a Destiny 1 destination. You know, it, it feels lacking in a way. The Cosmodrome is maybe not as good as we remember, uh, and like I had the nostalgia for it and I wanted it. And like when we ran those Thunderlord missions back in the day, you know, a couple years ago, uh, I was, I was one of those people saying, bring back the Cosmodrome. And now I'm just like, it's fine. I, I've barely been there. I think I've been to the Cosmodrome twice, uh, in Beyond Light because one, there hasn't been much to do there. Uh, and two, it's just kind of boring. You know, I, I, the strike there that they have right now is cool. It's a good strike. Um, it's the one that used to be Omnigal, I guess. And they, they repurposed it. And now it's not Omnigal, uh, which disappointed some of my clan mates, but you know, it's, it's a good strike. I like it. Uh, except for the fact that, you know, you're locked in a room and they just throw a bunch of cursed thrall at you. That always sucks. I don't know why Bungie always just locks you in a room and throws exploding enemies at you, but you know, that's a decision. Um, there's a lot of bugs. There's a lot of problems. Uh, a lot of stuff getting disabled uh, right before I can do it. Because that's the story of my life. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about Beyond Light. Uh, uh, I was just about to say something about Beyond Light. Oh, Stasis. I was going to talk about Stasis. Stasis is cool. Stasis is fine. In, uh, in PvE, it's it's cool. It's interesting. It's definitely more crowd control focused uh, and less like, 
it's not a boss DPS unless you're a warlock and then it's completely broken. Um, which is a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. Even the warlocks know it. They're broken. And I don't know how they're going to fix that for the raid. Um, but warlocks are busted right now in stasis. Uh, I, I, as a Titan main, don't like stasis too much because on the Titan, it feels really floaty. And I hate the melee so much because it just, the Titan melee is this weird, like hold and release thing. And it's really cool in the sense that it gives you a ton of mobility. You can cover a ton of ground really quickly as a Titan. Um, and so you have, you're really fast now, which is cool. The problem is, is when you target an enemy and your melee doesn't lock on. And so you just go through them or whiff past them, or you target one enemy and then the melee targets an enemy to the left and behind them. And then they get stuck on the first one. Or there's the times where you're standing perfectly still and your melee goes off. And, you know, you're trying to, un you know, ah, this door's but the door won't open. Let me punch it because I'm a stupid titan and I want to punch the door and maybe it'll open. No, I just burned my melee. And then there's times where I'm in the air and I'm like, okay, I want to melee this guy because I want to break his shield or something. And my character just swings in place. And doesn't actually do the melee. And so I'm going to be honest. I still don't understand how it works. Because it doesn't make any sense. When I want it to work it doesn't. When it when I don't want to do it. It goes off. And I don't understand. Maybe it's because I'm a smooth brain titan. But like you know. I'm, that doesn't happen in my other stuff. I'll tell you what. Like I don't have that issue with my other subclasses. I know how the melees work. I know when they'll work. And even if sometimes they whiff and things like that, they at least consistently do the things they're supposed to do. The stasis melee does not. It just doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. And it needs it needs a better lock-on. It needs better tracking. And it needs to be more consistently responsive in either working or not working. I got a text. I'm sorry. Huh. Apparently, legal action has been taken. Don't miss your chance at cash compensation. More spam in my text messages. Oh. Yeah, stays inconsistent, uh, especially on Titan, uh, which has kind of been the consensus I've heard uh, from my other clanmates who do play all the classes. A lot of them have kind of agreed with me that the Titan stasis, you know, it, it can be very fun. But it can also just be really floaty. Floaty is the word. And I don't like being floaty. It's not a good feeling. But um, I've been doing a lot of raid prep. Uh, we are Our clan is running the raid day one. Um, I don't think we're going to win Worlds first. But who knows? It's anybody's race, right? All we need to do is figure out the mechanics faster. All we need to do is get that one lucky guess and... Suddenly, you know, we're, we're the trendsetters. I will be streaming it. Uh, I will be live starting around noon on Saturday. Uh, that's Eastern time. Uh, so definitely come and hang out for that. Uh, uh, Twitch.tv slash Nightmare CV. Uh, we're we're going to be, pardon me, we're going to be running all day uh, until we get it done. If we get it done in a reasonable amount of time, we're actually going to try and run other members of the clan through it. Um... I don't know what you're saying, Zozo. What? 
Okay. Sorry, I was reading something in chat. He threw me off. I apologize. Uh, if we have time and we get through it, uh, we're going to win. Okay. Zozo, he, he's got he's on the team. He's in the chat right now. He says we're going to win. We're going to get Worlds first. You heard it here first, folks. Zozo called it. Um, <clears throat> if we have enough time, we're going to run other people through it uh, in the clan. So you might see multiple clears of the raid. I'm really excited. Um... I, I'm not even watching the trailer for the raid. I don't even want to see it. I don't want to know anything going in. I just want to go in. I want to see it all fresh for the first time and just experience it. I'm really looking forward to it. This is going to be my first like really well thought out attempt at a day one raid. The only other day one attempt I've made, we were supposed to do Scourge and then we didn't. Things fell apart at the last second. Um, before I joined the Blast Zone, that's the clan I'm in. Uh, I was running with them as an honorary, you know, member of the team that didn't work out. We ended up doing it the next day. Um, I, I think we ended up finishing it at the end of the week or something. Uh, we tried it for garden. We didn't have our a team and we couldn't progress. And then now this is the first time that we've really got like our best team. Uh, you know, we got our best Raiders on the team and we are ready to go. Uh, this is the strongest team we've ever gone into a raid with. So I, I'm excited. Really looking forward to that. Please come and watch again. Twitch.tv slash NightmareCV. Um, have me up next to Glad and, you know, the other people who are running it who are probably going to win. Uh, just, you know, kind of have me there, uh, which it'd be great. I'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, Destiny is... Destiny is Destiny. That's where we're at. Uh, don't play PvP right now is is my recommendation to anybody who's like, huh, I might come back. Uh, PvP is weird. Uh, stasis is lame in PvP, especially warlocks. Warlocks are lame, period. Take them out of the game. No, don't don't do that. But eh. um, guys, chat. I talked about most of what I have. So if you guys have questions or you know, topics and stuff you want me to talk about, just drop them here. We're going to win and we're going to win the belts and you're not going to fit in it. That is, that is, that last part is the truest statement in that statement. It's the, that's the only part that's real is that you wouldn't fit in the belt. Uh, so as has kind of become tradition, uh, here, we, uh, Last couple of years, we've been going through when the Game Awards come up uh, and they have their nominees. Uh, we've kind of been going through and kind of making our picks. Unfortunately, with Ross and Nat not here, um, you know, it's hard to get their opinions on stuff. But I'm going to run through the categories and just pick who I I'll tell you who I voted for um, because I did my votes. I'll tell you who I voted for and who I think is going to win. Um, starting with the categories that I kind of care the least about um best esports team uh i voted san francisco shock just because overwatch uh probably i'm guessing either call of duty or league of legends is gonna win um i don't know who any of those people are but i'm going to guess the team from call of duty or one of the two league of legends teams wins uh for best esports host uh i picked golden boy because he's a cool guy and he's funny um whoever does league of legends is probably going to win uh, would be my guess. Best esports game, I picked Call of Duty Modern Warfare because that's the one that I actually like. I will watch some of those events because they can be entertaining, especially the Warzone ones. Uh, I don't watch like the actual multiplayer. 
Uh, Valorant's probably going to win because it's the new hotness. Uh, and yeah. Uh, best event. I voted for Overwatch just because Overwatch. It's probably going to be League of Legends World Championship 2020. Um, League of Legends always wins. Best esports coach. I don't even know. I picked the Overwatch League guy. I don't know anything. I'm not even going to guess. Uh, athlete. I picked some guy from Call of Duty. I don't know. Don't ask me. Uh, best debut game. Uh... I picked Carrion because I've heard really good things, and that game looks really cool. Phasmophobia will probably win, uh, because that was that was the only game of these. So the, the nominees are Carrion, uh, Mortal Shell, uh, Raiji, an Ancient Epic, which I don't think I've actually heard of. Uh, Ruki, I think is how you would say that. It's got like the, the, the Viking O. <laughs> That's not what it's called, I know. Um, uh, and Phasmophobia are the nominees. I voted for Carrion because that was the one game that, like, I think looked really cool that I want to play. Uh, I thought about playing Mortal Shell, and it just kind of wasn't for me. Uh, Phasmophobia will probably win just because of the hotness. Um, content Creator of the Year. Uh, this one, I actually have a horse in this race. I'm a big Tim the Tatman fan. Uh, he is a very entertaining guy. He's, he's, he's the type of guy who I feel like doesn't put on a, he, he doesn't put on a persona when he's playing. He's very real. He's sometimes very stupid, uh, when he doesn't know math and stuff like that. Um, you know, I was just watching him before I recorded this. I, you know, I, I think he's a, just an excellent streamer, great entertainer. Uh, he, he's the kind of guy I root for. I, like Tim, the tap man's a guy like, boy, like, you know, I, I want to be friends with him and watch the game on Sunday. You know, like, I think that'd be a good time. Um, Nick Merckx or Alana Pierce, I think will probably win. Alana has had a big year, at least on Twitter. I, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of like her content. Uh, I know who she is. Obviously she worked on, uh, uh, she was part of Funhouse. She did like, uh, uh, inside gaming, things like that. Alana Pierce is great. Uh, I know she just got that job at uh, Sony Santa Monica. So, you know, very cool with that. Uh, I think just like number of eyes on people, I think she has a good shot at winning uh, just because there's been a lot of eyes on her. She's been very, you know, her stuff's popping up on my Twitter feed all the time. Nick Merckx will probably win, but Nick Merckx is an asshole. Uh, Nick Merckx is another dude who I think is very genuine and I think he's very genuinely an asshole. Uh, And so... You guys will probably vote for Nick Merckx. Nick Merckx is an asshole and doesn't deserve it because he's not a good person, I don't think. Uh, he's an asshole to my boy Tim, but like he's just also kind of seems like an asshole. Like that's not even biased because like he's a jerk to Tim. Like he just seems like a jerk. I don't like Nick Merckx. Best multiplayer. Uh, I voted Warzone. Uh, nominees were Animal Crossing, uh, Among Us, Warzone, Fall Guys, and Valorant. I voted Warzone because Warzone's the game I, you know, think will probably, I, I think Warzone will win. Uh, Among Us might also win just because of like the hype. Uh, this is a good category. I think it's a lot of strong nominees. I don't think Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing has multiplayer, but I don't think it fits in this category in the same way the other four games do. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, Among Us or Call of Duty will probably win, but Fall Guys could. 
you know, it's it's a tough category to call. Uh, best sports slash racing: Dirt Five, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K 21, and Tony Hawk. It's really funny because the argument could be made that. 2K21 and FIFA 21 are both very similar to the games that came before them, probably F1 2020 as well, uh, and maybe arguably Dirt 5. And it's really funny that the one game on here that's just a remaster of two older games, the most like the other games, uh, is probably also the most different and the most refreshing. Uh, and Tony Hawk is going to win this category, 100%. That's my vote. That's who's going to win. Best Sim slash Strategy. Uh, Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and XCOM Chimera Squad. Um, I voted Flight Simulator. It's either that or Crusader Kings 3. Uh, I don't think any of these other games set the world on fire. Um, I think Flight Simulator will probably win uh, because people are infatuated with that. Uh, I think Crusader Kings probably should win, but we'll see what happens. Uh, best family game Animal Crossing New Horizons Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time uh, Fall Guys Mario Kart Live Minecraft Dungeons and Paper Mario The Origami King I voted for Fall Guys I think Fall Guys will win uh, probably followed by Animal Crossing and followed by Minecraft Dungeons would be my picks in that order Best fighting game, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Championship Edition, One Punch Man, uh, Hero Nobody Knows, <coughs> pardon me, and Undernight Inbirth EXE colon late bracket CL-R bracket. Uh, hell of a name. I voted Mortal Kombat because it's the game on this list I would want to play. I think Mortal Kombat probably should win. Mortal Kombat is a very fun game. Um, Best role-playing game. Uh, I'm going to be upfront with my bias. You're going to hear it right off the bat. Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was my vote. Duh. Um, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is my vote. Final Fantasy VII has a chance to win just through sheer, like, it's Final Fantasy VII. Um, Persona 5 Royal could win and probably will because Persona 5 has a good history with the Game Awards. Um, Genshin Impact might win just because it's free to play and everybody's talking about it. Um, Yakuza probably deserves a win, but won't get it. And Wasteland 3, I just don't think has the notoriety of the other games on this list. Uh, best action adventure, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part 2. I voted for Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man actually has a good chance of winning this category. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is probably my... Assassin's Creed Valhalla is like the hype pick, but Ghost of Tsushima is a sleeper here. Like, Ghost of Tsushima is like that, you know, in the, in sports, it's a, it, Ghost of Tsushima is the trap game for a lot of these categories because I didn't think it was going to take off the way it did, and, like, everybody talks about Ghost of Tsushima. So, like, that's, like, the sleeper for this category, I think Spider-Man takes it, though. Uh, best Action, uh, Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, Streets of Rage 4. Let me be very clear on this, okay? Doom Eternal, by the letter of the category, I think should win this category. That's my vote, and I think it also has the popularity to back it up. Hades will win 
if it's, if it comes down to a popularity contest, if like, here's what's going to happen. People are going to scroll down this list, kind of like what I did with Final Fantasy VII. I'm not going to lie to you, but people are going to scroll down this list and they're going to look for the people who love Hades are just going to vote for Hades. No matter the category, if Hades is nominated, they're going to vote for it. Hades could win this category strictly in the popularity contest. In terms of actual action, Doom Eternal is almost unrivaled and should win the category. Uh, innovation and accessibility, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyper Root, The Last of Us Part 2, and Watch Dogs Legion. I'm not going to lie to you, I haven't played any of these games yet, even though I own The Last of Us Part 2. I technically can play Grounded, and I have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have not played any of them yet. I voted for The Last of Us because I know Naughty Dog is historically very good with accessibility. Um... But the fact that Assassin, two Ubisoft games are on here would indicate to me that Ubisoft's actually stepped their game up, so good for them. Uh, best VR AR, uh, Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. I think this is a low-key stacked category because I think these are five... Uh, you know, I, I could be confusing The Walking Dead, but I feel like Saints and Sinners was a pretty well-received game. Um, this category is stacked. And I think Half-Life Alex will win uh, because it's Half-Life and because it's made by Valve and it was built just, you know, to, to be a VR seller. As much as I want to say, spy, uh, excuse me, Iron Man is number two. I think Squadrons might be the number two game on this list and then Iron Man. Uh, people are going to sleep on Dreams because people don't understand what Dreams is, but Dreams probably has a chance. <laughs> Best community support, uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I feel like the Apex Legends community management spends a lot of time apologizing. Uh, you know, Bungie does a good job engaging with their community, but I also say, like, I of the communities on here, I'm only involved with Apex and Destiny. Apex feels like a lot of apologies, not much else. Um, Destiny feels like there's engagement there. Like the people know who the community managers are at, you know, Bungie. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm as involved. Listen, Destiny 2 is my vote here, okay? Because Destiny 2 is the game I care about on this list the most. I have recently been getting way back into Apex, but I couldn't tell you who any of their community managers are. I'm not going to try and convince you that I'm not biased in this category. I think Fall Guys will win because Oliver is hilarious and his beef with Tim was great and Fall Guys probably wins this. Um, don't sleep on No Man's Sky. Fortnite, I don't think, is going to do anything in this category. Fortnite didn't win it last year. I don't think they're going to win it this year. I haven't really heard much about Valorant. Um, best mobile game. I feel like this one's kind of cheeky. Um, so there's Pokemon Cafe Mix. There's Legends of Runeterra. There's Genshin Impact. There's Call of Duty Mobile. And then there's Among Us. And I feel like Among Us is kind of a cheat because like that game is old and nobody cared until this year when it blew up on Twitch, right? With that being said, I voted for Among Us <laughs> because Among Us is fun and I like it. 
I feel like every other game on here is a 2020 game except for Among Us. It's whatever. Among Us got big this year. Let it have its moment in the spotlight. I wish them nothing but the best. Continue to develop that game. It's great. Um, best indie game. Carrion, Fall Guys, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer. Hades is the winner of this category. It is my vote, and Hades is going to win. Hades has all the hype. For all the momentum Fall Guys had, Hades has hung on to its hype way longer, I think. Uh, Hades is going to win that category. Best Ongoing. Uh, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. My vote was for Destiny. I think Destiny, you know, despite my frustrations with the game, is it a good place? It's It's got a better onboarding process for new players now. Um... Apex Legends is super sweaty, like Nat talked about last week. Apex Legends is super sweaty, and it's discouraging for new players. Uh, so, you know, I I feel like they have their issues with trying to onboard new people. Um, my vote is for Destiny. Fortnite might win because Marvel. Uh, Warzone might win because new hotness. Don't sleep on No Man's Sky. That's all I'll say. Um, games for Impact... Uh, I haven't played any of these games. I'm being completely honest with you. I voted for the game that I'm most interested to play. Uh, if found, uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spirit, Spirit Fairer, Tell Me Why, and Through the Darkest of Times. Um, I voted for Spirit Fairer. Uh, if I could add a game to this list, I would add The White Door, which is a great game, uh, that has to do with, like, mental health. Uh, that's a fantastic game from early this year. Uh, I'd love it. Uh, please go play The White Door. It's very inexpensive. Best performance. Uh, Ashley Johnson is Ellie. Laura Bailey is Abby. Uh, Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. Uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades. And Naji Jeter as Miles Morales. I voted for Miles Morales because he's great and charming and endearing. Um, best Audio Design, Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us Part 2. I voted for The Last of Us because I just know Naughty Dog. Like, they, they'll probably win because their audio design is probably fantastic. Um, I will have played that by the end of the year, by the way. Uh, best Score and Music, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I will say don't sleep on Ori. People love that. Doom Eternal is dope, uh, but maybe a little one note. So listen, I don't have this opinion uh, because of nostalgia. I don't have this opinion. Okay. I don't have this opinion entirely because of nostalgia. My vote is very genuine for this. This wasn't just me picking Final Fantasy VII Remake because it was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Prior to my finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake, I might have said Hades, but Final Fantasy VII Remake's music is so good. There's a, there's a diversity to its score. Um, it's got a little bit of everything. It, it, it's like I said during the Jennies, if you guys listen to that, uh, it has the variety of maybe not quite as much as like a persona, but it has a great variety to it. The music is both nostalgic but fresh. It's excellent and it, it's 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 incredible and I can I can imagine so vividly so many scenes just by listening to the music. And every time I talk about this game and its music, the song the the 7 seconds till the end pops in my head 
and I can just see that scene and I can hear that dialogue and I only ever played that scene once, but I can hear the dialogue in my head. I can play the scene back with such clarity thanks to that track. It is incredible. It is deserving. Hades will win and I am disappointed, not because Hades won, but because I don't think Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to get a fair shot, but that is not to say Hades is undeserving. Hades will win that. Uh, best Art Direction, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, and The Last of Us Part Two. I actually think Ghost of Tsushima has a good shot here. Don't sleep on Ori. Hades is my vote. Hades is what I think will win, but Ghost of Tsushima, don't be surprised if they do. Um, best Narrative, uh, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. I picked Final Fantasy VII Remake because I personally found the story very emotionally uh, engaging. I found it very touching. It was very satisfying as a longtime fan of the original. The more I talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake, the more I'm losing my goddamn mind. Uh, I fucking love that game. I love that game so much. I cannot say enough good things. It, it, it is not a perfect game. It is, it, you know, it, that game has its problems and I'm not going to deny it. But man, does that game just... That game is just satisfying in a way that I needed. I, I needed it so bad. I needed Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, best Game Direction. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghost of Tsushima. Hades. Half-Life Alex, Last of Us Part Two. Again, I voted Final Fantasy VII Remake. And not because of the, the parts of it that are Final Fantasy VII. But because of all the ways they changed the game. That I genuinely believe are for the better. It, it, you know, you're... you're to give someone the task to remake a game as iconic and endearing as Final Fantasy VII, a game that basically built a console. Let's not let's not dance around this. Final Fantasy VII is a huge reason why PlayStation is the brand it is. To remake that game and to remake it in a way that is faithful, but original it, it is almost an impossible task and they managed it again it's not <clears throat> it's not perfect i'm never gonna tell you it's perfect there are are there parts i would tweak a little bit yeah absolutely but it's just so good as uh, it's just such a good remake and the fact that it was so faithful and so original at the same time. It didn't feel like a retreading of Final Fantasy VII. It didn't feel like a note for note. We took all the big hits and just here they are. It, it, it paved its own way to where it is. And it is well deserving of winning this category. It's not going to win... I don't really know what will. Honestly, this is another category that I feel like Hades... <clears throat> that Hades is going to win um, because, you know, people are just going to vote for Hades uh, and because people, for some reason, really hate The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I think Hades is going to win. I voted for Final Fantasy VII. Um, game of the Year. This is their Game of the Year list. They have six games. I think these are probably the six games that best define our year. Um... 
yeah, these are six really good games. Uh, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part II. Um, I voted for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hades is probably going to win. Uh, Doom Eternal has a shot. Ghost of Tsushima has a shot. I don't think Animal Crossing is going to win. I feel like a lot of people kind of fell off of that. Let's see if their whole winter event changes things. But um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is not going to win. Um, people, there, there is a group on, on social media who really despise that game. And I really just pity them. Because, you know... T- t- to just hate a game that much is really ridiculous. Like, it's not even that it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, you know, it, to hate a game so much that you cannot give it any merits, you know, like, I, do, I don't like Fortnite, but I can acknowledge what makes Fortnite great, what makes Fortnite popular. Um, But to just outright hate a game and imply that it has no merit for, it, for its existence... Uh, the same thing people do with The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, because people don't like a character in it or something. To just despise it so much, to imply that it has no merit to be nominated, to imply that it has no merit to be considered a good game, uh, it's it, that's, a, that's kind of a pitiable existence. Um, to, to just kind of hate the game to hate it. It's cool if you don't like it. But, like, almost every game has redeeming qualities. And it's just... It's crazy to me. Um, Hades will probably win. Uh, Hades is probably going to win almost every category it's nominated for. Um, and it's not that it's undeserving. I I do fear a little bit that some of... Like, anytime you have something like this, there's a popularity contest, right? That community is going to want to hype up Hades. And Supergiant has a huge dedicated community. Um, I'm not looking forward to our Game of the Year deliberations because we're going to get to Best Music and Ross is not going to budge from Hades and I'm not going to budge from Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm, I'm standing my ground this time. These guys bullied me enough just because I play more games than they do. I'm I'm not getting bullied out of my my pick. Um, if Hades does not win, though, he will be very upset. I'm gonna. He'll know how I feel finally. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the game awards. Uh, looking forward to watching that. I wonder if they're going to have. Uh, I wonder what that show looks like, and if they have the big reveals like they've had in years past because the game awards have the last couple years, they have been the hardest hitting like show out there, you know, with, with the reveals. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what they have in store for us this year. Uh, what that show ends up looking like, uh, that is December 10th. Uh, I'll be watching that live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash nightmare You guys should join me for that. It'll be fun. Hopefully Ross will be here. Hopefully Nat will be here. Um, Chad, we're, we're going to maybe wrap this up here in a little bit. So this is your last chance. They all said they'd be here. 
and then nobody's asking any questions. Nobody's making any topics. They are the worst second chair I've ever had. You guys are awful. <laughs> um, I just wanted to talk real quick about this because this is really dumb. And I agree with everybody that this is really dumb. Uh, so Tim Sweeney, uh, you know, say, say, <coughs> pardon me, say what you will about Epic. Uh, I have been very vocal about my displeasure uh, with their store uh, and with how they do business. Uh, because I think they are, they are their own brand of predatory. Um, and they, listen, with this latest uh, Apple versus Epic thing, I, I feel vindicated, frankly, because I have been saying for the longest that they are weaponizing players against other brands. And this is the most weaponizing players against a brand they've ever done. And regardless of the outcome of this, Tim Sweeney is kind of a scumbag. Um, so Tim Sweeney, in his infinite wisdom, in the billionaire versus in the multi-billion dollar company versus the trillion dollar company, uh, Epic versus Apple, uh, in the race to see who who makes the most money um, off of the Apple App Store, Tim Sweeney went so far as to compare their fight. Uh, with the civil rights movement. Here's the quote. It's everybody's duty to fight. It's not just an option that somebody's lawyers might decide. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's actually our duty to fight that. If we had adhered to all of Apple's terms and, you know, taken their 30% payment process fees and passed that cost along to our customers then that would be Epic colluding with Apple to restrain competition on iOS and inflate prices for consumers. Let me just take a little editorial freedom here. Um, they were already paying that and they had not passed the cost along to consumers. They, they, they didn't because they charged the same price that they charge on every other platform, including on consoles where they still pay a 30% premium. So like... I'm just waiting to see when Epic turns on the console manufacturers. Because right now, they're all like, no, 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 the console manufacturers need their 30%. I can't wait till they flip the script on them. That's going to be nuts. Um, anyway, back to it. Uh, so going along with Apple's agreement is what is wrong. Uh, the, the agreement they agreed to. Uh, and that's why Epic mounted a, a challenge to this. And you know, you can hear of any, and brackets, inaudible, uh, to civil rights fights. Uh, where there were actual laws on the books and the laws were wrong and people disobeyed them and it was not wrong to disobey them because to go along with them would be collusion to make them status quo. So let me just... I get that he isn't... Com he's not directly comparing his fight to the fight for civil rights. He is using that as an example to state that there are rules in place that are inherently wrong and to obey them would be wrong. That's his stance. And I get that. That is not the comparison to make, though. 
the moment you involve civil rights, especially in these trying times, in the year 2020, you do not compare your trivial billionaire fight lawsuit to the civil rights movement. You do not compare your 30% payment to Apple after you wrote a letter telling them, hey, we're not going to follow your rules anymore. Suck my, you know. You don't get to then compare that to the civil rights movement, even though I understand the point you're trying to make. You don't get to do that. That's not okay. There is no scenario where that is okay, Tim Sweeney. You're you're insane. Uh he did go on and he he that's the thing is he he kind of doubled down. Uh talking about an article TechCrunch put up about it. Um he said it's a good article. Hey critics, please read what I said and tell me uh if it's actually wrong. When the rules were wrongful, it was right to disobey them. That's the comparison to the civil rights movement. Uh he tripled down. Uh the comparison wasn't to the wrongs being fought. There's no comparison but to the means of fighting them. The question that was directly asked was why Epic broke Apple's rules. The answer is the principle that it's right to disobey rules that are wrongful. First off, your message is completely lost the moment you made the comparison to civil rights. The fact that you are spending all this time now doubling and tripling down to defend your stance, to effectively say, hey, that's not what I meant. Like... You're spending so much time telling people what you meant that the meaning of what you said is completely lost. Why why am I getting all this spam? I, I don't... I get the most spam, and it's always when I'm doing something. Let me tell you. So that that's, that's the biggest issue right there, is just that whatever he said doesn't matter anymore. Because he said the dumbest thing possible, you know, when, when he compared it to the civil rights movement in any context. <laughs> Second of all, he's still trying to convince people that what they did against Apple is correct, even though, yes, their rules, their 30% might not, <coughs> excuse me, might not be fair. But one, nobody is going to pity the multi-billion dollar corporation who has to pay the trillion dollar corporation. At that point, once you hit billion with a B, nobody cares about your problems anymore. Let's just be real. When you hit million, nobody really cares about your problem. But once you hit the B, once you B, nobody cares what you have to pay to do business. That's the cost of doing business on the app store. It's, it's, you know, when these people complain, you know, when corporations complain, when the gas station charges 10 more cents a gallon because you use a credit card, I still feel like as a consumer, that's also wrong because that's a cost of doing business. That's how people do businesses with credit cards, you know, and you can't, it's not fair to pass that cost on the consumer because they have a more convenient way to pay for something, right? Not even getting into the predatory methods of, you know, credit card companies. We're leaving that can of worms alone. I mean, let's just say debit card to avoid that whole scenario right now. Uh, you know, when people use a debit card to charge them 10 cents more a gallon is absurd. The Apple tax is a cost of doing business to do business on their platform. Whatever, you know, that's the agreement you made and blatantly brazenly 
violated, which is what it is. Nobody cares that you have to pay Apple 30%. You're not fighting this fight as much as he keeps trying to make it sound like he's trying to fight this fight for the little people. He's fighting this fight for his bottom line. Because if he can shave that 30% to 15% and he has the biggest game on the platform, you know, suddenly, you know, his bottom line just went up a good chunk of money. Maybe another billion with a B dollars. Nobody feels bad for you, Tim. Nobody feels bad for your company. That's the cost of doing business with Apple. Deal with it. Apple didn't get to be a trillion dollar company by not making smart decisions on their part to make money. Okay? You're both in it to make money. And the only reason you don't like it is because Apple's making money off of you and you don't want to give it up. Whatever. You know, this whole thing is frivolous. This whole thing is stupid. Nobody is doing anything for the little guy and for what it is worth. uh, Apple did recently uh, and Tim Sweeney is going to take credit for this just like he did when Steam made the change. And, you know, maybe the Steam one is fair and maybe this one is fair. Maybe maybe he did help the little guy a little bit. Apple did recently reduce their App Store cut for smaller developers. So developers earning under a million uh, from the App Store will only have a 15% uh, cut to pay now to Apple. Which I think is good on Apple to kind of help the small app developers grow. And then if they grow and thrive, then they'll pay the 30%, but they won't matter. That won't matter anymore because they'll be making more. That still doesn't help Tim Sweeney though. And so here's the thing is Tim Sweeney has now just helped the little guy. So if this, if this lawsuit ends and Tim Sweeney's like, Hey, that's all I wanted. I'm done. Then cool. You know what? Tim Sweeney's a good guy. But if Tim Sweeney uses this as an opportunity to double down and now say, now it should be everybody then that's how you know it was always about them. So the ball's in your court, Mr. Sweeney. Uh, Let's see how much you really care about the little guy, you know? Are you going to celebrate this victory and then keep pushing it for you? Or are you going to celebrate the victory and just be like, hey, we made the change we wanted to see? I don't know. It's, It's ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Nobody feels bad for either of them. Stop comparing your frivolous, trivial lawsuits uh, between billion trillion dollar companies to the civil rights movement. It's an ignorant statement to make. Don't do it. That was dumb. That was very dumb. As much as I call you dumb, you're a smarter person than that. Don't do that. Um, that's really all I got. That's really all I got this week. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, everybody who did listen, um, I don't normally stream these. I did it today. Everybody's in chat talking, but nobody's asking questions. So, you know, this is a solo endeavor, 100%, uh, other than our, you know, our lovely uh, raid encouragement. But um, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, you know, catch us every week, uh, as always. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. We're back 100%. I made a post on the site. We are 100% back in the swing of half-gen, and though the website might not see as much content going up, uh, the podcast will be resuming, uh, you know, if this week is any indication, uh, the podcast will be staying consistent, will be resuming its normal schedule, its normal cadence, as it has been the last few weeks, that is now the permanent uh, situation, Uh, the future of half-gen is now, (laughs) but um, thank you guys so much for listening. Keep listening to the podcast. We love you for it. 
and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Take it easy. Bye.